Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find it at Romance in the Podcast. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch The, the Breakup. Break the Breakup. I'd like to start with asking you, Todd, why you keep picking movies you've never seen before. <laughs> so I actually have a like a formula for that. So I couldn't think of a movie that I wanted to watch last week. So I went to and I typed into Google biggest box office successes, lowest critic score, rom-com. And this was like number three on that list. Okay, that's actually a pretty good formula. I mean, this movie is insufferable, yeah. but like, I can't fault your process as one. But this is not even romantic comedy in my book. It's definitely on the line. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's <laughs> definitely on the line. I would say we just came it's off of Magic, Magic Mike, Mike XXL. So like, this is way more romantic than that. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. We've got, I've got to steer this shit back. No, there is kissing in this movie. There are dates in this movie. I mean, it's not just dudes popping hoods. It's a romantic comedy in reverse. They just break up. That's the that's the title of the movie. That is the movie. They're shitty people. Nobody pops a hood anywhere. And I felt <laughs> cheated. Actually, that's not true. Vince Vaughn pops the hood at his bowling league. No, that's like popping a jar of pickles. I want something <laughs> to pop the hood. <laughs> all right, I'll do it right now. <laughs> no, we don't have all day. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I hadn't seen this movie before. Have you guys seen it before? Yes. <laughs> I'd seen portions of it and turned it off because I disliked it so much. That is the accurate response. But this was famously reviled. Like people hated this movie when it came out. Yeah, that was me. And after watching it today, I get it. This is yeah. a bad movie. <laughs> me too. It was marketed like a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. at the t this is height Vince Vaughn. Well, and they were dating at the time. So it was like. Oh shit. They were actually dating in this? Yeah. No wonder it didn't work out, right? <laughs> I saw it in theaters. 
and I hated it. Yeah, okay. And I never saw it again until today. Until I made you. You're welcome. So I had never seen it either. Paige, was this your first time to completion? This is my first time all the way through. Yeah. I, ooh, I texted you guys when I was like in the beginning of it. And my stance has not changed. <laughs> I, ooh, really hated this movie. Yeah. I was not a fan. In part because I think this movie thinks that there's fault on both sides. It definitely tries to convey that message, even though it's not really that way in reality. No. I have something to say. Okay. Vince Vaughn is shitty. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston is a terrible communicator. See, here's the thing. Here's what I will take issue with. They're in a long-term relationship. They live together. They own a condo. Vince Vaughn is shitty. Like, systems theory, both people are at play. And I I think Vince Vaughn is the villain, full-on villain of this film. Yes, he is. Yes. But if you never have hard conversations with people you're in relationships with, things will never get better. But she does. That's what drove me fucking nuts about this movie. Because at the end of the movie. Oh, and he's got to listen. Well, yeah, he just does not listen to her. But at the end of the movie, he's like, why didn't you say any of this? And I'm like, she fucking word for word said this shit in the first scene of the movie. Yeah, she yelled it at you, you idiot. Yes. She said it (laughs) differently. I don't care. She said it in plain fucking English, man. I feel like I'm going to be a couples counselor in this thing, and that's fine. But yelling at each other in an argument, which is what they do, yeah, mostly him, uh, those messages are pretty much lost. So if you really want to communicate important subjects to your significant other that are very important to you, that upset you, you have to sit down and have that. They have one healthy conversation, and that's when he's like, why didn't you say it like that? I'm like, because you're an idiot. Yeah. and then, But like, you have to sit people down make people listen and if they don't you have to walk away she does have to walk away because he's the one who yells he doesn't listen to her he literally considers no one outside of himself he's the most selfish human being on the planet yeah she should have never gone out with him for starters because he's a fucking predator but like she should have left week two right like they should not have been together for two years how did they buy a condo together with this communication style so like the whole thing from like a mental health perspective is like has the relationship always been this way? Did things change over time? All you get is the montage after he like makes her eat a hot dog. You don't know how many times she's had this conversation with him before. But I'm like, if he was like this from the beginning, good for her for growing and, and leaving. Yes. And that's a good moment. But I also feel like these are all very serious things to talk about in a relationship. And this movie fails on every level to actually address these issues and talk about what works and what doesn't. And the scene at the end is so dumb. Well, they replaced it. It's but anyway, we'll get to oh, it. In fun you, oh, I want to. Yeah, I would like to know that from that yeah, because yeah. I think good for her for walking. I'm so good, glad she walked away because it's all it's almost an abusive, neglectful relationship. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what you see here is like the cycle of abuse, like played out in comedic terms, almost like ver- like verbal and ne- neglect and like and her voicing opinions and him not listening. It, it's just I don't know. I it's something about it rubs me the wrong way as like in a like on a professional level. Yeah, by the time I got to the end of the movie, because this movie keeps playing it as he does something childish and hurtful, and then she responds in kind to be like, do you see what you just did? And then he's like, how dare you do that to me? And then he escalates. So by the end of the movie, when they're finally like 
leaving and she's like trying to maybe get back together with him at one point with the fucking concert tickets. I'm like, bitch, run. He is toxic. Like he is terrible. And you should have just that first night when you broke up with him, you should have fucking walked out and started selling the condo that night. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him to death. He deserves to be single forever until he can act like a fucking adult. It is gross. And I think I think the movie is trying to say that the breakup is good because they both grew. And I think I wish it does this better. I think she needs to grow where she's like comfortable setting boundaries. Yes. And saying no. And while and him being comfortable of like, you know, looking at other people's needs first. Or looking at other people's needs at all. Like not at even all. necessarily at first. All. At all. It's okay yeah. to be like, well, this is what I want, this is what you want, let's compromise. But he doesn't even hear their needs. Yeah. I think it fails to do that, but not to mention that's not a good romantic comedy. That is a very yeah. serious <laughs> thing of like serious core relationship problems. And you see people stay in stuff like this and you're like, girl, you need to walk away. I don't know. It, it, it's not a good movie entertainment wise because it's everything bad about relationships marketed as a romantic comedy. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it really started to grate on me. And I'll talk a little bit about it in fun, fun facts because I found some facts about like how it was written that made me even angrier. But like <laughs> the movie tries to play it as if it's tit for tat. Like he does something, she does something, he does something, she does something. Yeah. See, they're both terrible and they both had to grow. And it's like, no, you are somehow making Jennifer Aniston the villain or trying to make Jennifer Aniston the villain. Yeah. Or at least an equal villain. Or an equal villain in a situation she should not be putting up with. When she says in the beginning of the movie, I deserve to live, to not have to live like this. She's absolutely fucking right. Yeah, and she right. should walk out the fucking door and the movie should be over at that point. Exactly. It should be a five minute movie. Yeah. The, the part I disagree <laughs> with with her is that she goes about to try to make him jealous to try to get him to change to be more caring. Which is gross. Yeah. The whole thing rubs me the wrong way. I, I think Vince Vaughn's character and wedding crashers is a nicer human being and sweeter emotional being I would agree. Than, <laughs> yeah. than, than this movie. A hundred percent. Here's what I wanted out of this movie. I wanted the beginning to be exactly as it was for Jennifer Anderson to break up with him, for him to go to the bar, realize that he's a terrible person and then spend the rest of the movie like trying to grow and trying to get her back. And like that would have been like the romantic comedy part of it, right? Yeah. They have movies like that. Yeah. The other frustration I have about the like, her trying to make him jealous plot line is it's gross. It's sad. It is the behavior of someone who has been treated badly and is not yes. valuing themselves. And so I'm just like, the fact that they're playing that A, has, as her handicap in the movie, and B, then still trying to make it seem like she's mean for doing it. I'm like, she, he should be on the fucking curb. Like, I don't, I don't understand why A, she's still trying to interact with him at all. They paint her as pathetic, but then evil at the same time. And I, oh man, I hated it. This movie is gross. Yeah. Real not good. I mean, I understand why they both stayed there. Like it's both their homes. They bought it together. No one wants to secede to the other person, the whole condo. Yeah, of course. And so I, I understood that like when... Uh, my ex-girlfriend cheated on me. I just slept on the couch for 10 days before I moved home. Like, so there was that awkward time period. I know what that feels like and it's real shitty, but like, you know, you just try not to interact very much and you just get the fuck out of there. You know, Todd, I don't want you to take offense to this. <laughs> I think this movie brings up a, a point because I've had lots of friends go through with this and you guys can jump in because I, I bet some of you know these situations where I've had friends who were not married 
buy places together and then break up. And unlike divorce, where there's like legal, you go in front of the judge, you split your assets. It's like a legal procedure. Yeah. Like they are like, it's like muddy, muddy water. And it takes a lot, almost longer than a divorce in some instances to split that stuff. Or they're like, I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going to sell at this house. You're going to move out, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm keeping that money you gave me and stuff like that. They got a shot, huh? hundred <laughs> percent. Literally, that happened to a buddy of ours. Yeah. 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 Him and his fiance broke up and they pooled their money together to buy a house. And like it took them forever to fix all that. Yeah. And they lived together like this for like a year. Yeah. Fuck. I, I, I've heard of a lot of people doing that. But like you can sign documents when you buy a house that determines how assets will be basically dispersed if at any point you choose to do so. Oh, like a prenup? Not necessarily because you're not married. Like, But you can do it with people that you're not married to where you can basically say like, hey, if at any time we decide to terminate, you have to give them like first right of refusal when selling. To like buy out your equity or whatever? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's possible, but a lot of people don't think about doing that. That <laughs> right. would be a smart thing to do, but most people are like, we're in love and we're definitely going to be together forever. We don't need to plan this. <laughs> I mean, I love humanity. We're emotionally driven. I mean, I love emotions. They're great. But also, like, logically, you know, if we're just logical, it'd be, like, also bad. I mean, like, it's beautiful, baby, but it's also a disaster. Mikey, I, all of my worst decisions were made based on emotion. But some of your best ones were probably made. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I rarely am logical. We know. <laughs> we know, Todd. Yeah. I mean, you guys have to know this already. Todd has one logic, and that is, what is pettiest? And that's <laughs> the Todd way. What is pettiest, and yeah. how do I do it? Yeah. How do I implement <laughs> the most petty? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I, I also feel like we're going to get through this movie fairly fast because nothing fucking happens. The pacing in this movie is... We, I texted him and I was like, this episode's going to be like 30 minutes long. Of just us screaming? There's literally 35 minutes of Vince Vaughn playing video games in this movie. And I say that <laughs> as a video game. Also, no, you're absolutely right. I play video games, but I'm also an attentive partner and I have a very big offense to this movie. I don't think this movie's going hard at video games. I think it's going hard at Bad Boyfriends, which yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think you could play video games and still be a good boyfriend i think there's a stereotype that if you play video games you would be a bad boy i think in 2006 that was a stereotype yeah yeah it, unfortunately that still happens to this day well okay trust me like i think it depends on how your partner is playing video games like is it all consuming <laughs> now what i do think is they just weren't creative about vince vaughn's character because he could have been doing a bunch of shit like, why is he not constantly playing pool on that infuriating pool table? Yeah. Why is he not, like, shrinking back to his 13-year-old form? This is obviously the sequel to Big, where he stays big and marries the adult. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I like that reading of it. I really do. But then I feel bad for him because he's a victim of abuse, like sexual abuse. Yeah. I mean, Big is problematic if you rewatch it today. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, what what he really needs is when he turns back into a teenager for the Zoltar machine to be like, show me on Zoltar where she touched you. Because that's what happens in that movie. Yeah. Re I recently rewatched Big with my family and they're like, wait, he sleeps with his coworker? But he's 13. And I was like, yeah, the 80s were different, right? Oof. Yeah, the 80s were different. Remember that time we watched Ghostbusters for the podcast and he's like, Dan Aykroyd straight up gets a ghost blow job that none of us remembered uh, at least the ghost is of age 
Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hope it could be a little kid Ghostbusters. Ghost. Oh, like, walks I mean, if it's probably been a ghost for at least 21 years, <laughs> don't know for sure. I'm so sorry. Although I am going to start Ghost Pornhub. I'm just going to say it right now. Just get a fog machine and a flashlight and yep. dreams. Yep. Everyone's going to be shot on green screen. That way I can turn the opacity down to like 50 and it looks like you can see through them. Yeah. I was at dinner with friends and we theorized what would happen if you put a flashlight into the gas, like the exhaust pipe of a car and then drove it. You would die. Nope. There's video. <laughs> yeah. If you think someone already hasn't fucked their car without a flashlight, you're crazy. Oh, I know they have without. We were mm. like, what, what, what if you got creative? And yeah. What if you made it more enjoyable? <laughs> we're only 10 minutes in. Can we cut it down? The sex toy talk for a minute. <laughs> we are watching the breakup, which has nothing to do with fucking cars. Fine. All I'm saying is that they drove the car and it made a hilarious like sound. I don't want to know that. It's called a Karif. (laughs) Yeah. Zero to queef in 60 seconds. (laughs) I live my life one quarter queef at a time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to have a family Family. with this car. (laughs) Come over my barbecue. (laughs) All I'm saying is I wanted one scene where Vince Vaughn was sleeping on the pool table. Absolutely. Like just like quilts or whatever like blanket he has. He might be too tall. I mean, you could cheat it. It would be fine. And and I know he's too tall because Vince Vaughn's tall as fuck. But like, I wanted it. That's all I wanted. Because then he could be like, no, this is my bed. I didn't buy a pool table. He's he's an emotional 13-year-old. It, it's This movie's exhausting. Yeah, because he, he is a child. He acts like a child the bulk of the film. Yes. And he doesn't listen to anyone until his friend is like, you're an asshole. Yeah. I love his friend. I do also love John Favreau, but I love oh, his who friend. Who does not love John Favreau? I know. Yeah. I, I love his friend in this movie because he's absolutely right, like 30% of the time. And then the rest of the time, he is a offensively wrong like wrong. not just incorrect <laughs> he is like incorrect no. to the level it is offensive like it will put you in prison yeah. it's that offensive <laughs> like when she first breaks up with Vince Vaughn and he goes to the bar and Johnny is his name in the movie the bartender John Favreau is like yeah maybe she's just sick of dealing with your stuff or maybe she's fucking somebody else maybe we should kill that person like to me <laughs> yeah. like he, the first thing he said he was right he nailed it and then he immediately went to murder <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He goes to murder like three or four times. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like when your friend comes to you, say like when something bad happens and you know them, like his first instinct was too honest. He's like, maybe she's tired of your shit because you're a selfish person. And then his face is like, and he's, he's like, oh, maybe she's sleep with somebody else. We should kill him, right? You're definitely not selfish. I can't deal with this right now. I'm at work. <laughs> I know where I'm not going to turn for comfort when Natalie breaks up with me. John Favreau? I mean, you've never even met him, so I feel like that's going to be tough for you. I love that this movie falls in at a time where Jason Bateman wasn't like where he is now. He wasn't Teen Wolf 2 but he wasn't like Arrested Development yet. He just looks very different to me. Well, I think Arrested Development was out, but it wasn't popular yet. Yeah, Arrested Development was never popular until after it went off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Arrested Development's like 2004, and this is like 2006. It was 2003 is when it started. Wow. Arrested Development and The Critic are two shows that were way ahead of its time and would have done very well like 10 years after they came out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember at the time that Arrested Development was out because my dad worked in new homes and we had like family friends who also worked in the new home industry. So our family friends watched it and they were like, 
this is hilarious because like we know people like this kind of the same way my entire family is watching righteous gemstones right now yes uh, so good <laughs> and they were super into it and and like they were early adopters and then i didn't find it until like college so yeah it was early and just unknown Interesting. I also really love that Vincent D'Onofrio is in this, and For I like think ten seconds. I think Vincent D'Onofrio is amazing, but I feel like he always makes at least one very awkward choice about his character. And in this movie, was it the handkerchief in the ears? So I think it was more than one in this movie. But in this yeah. movie, clearly he made the decision that his character did not like being touched, and I thought yeah. that that was very funny. That and he never unbuttoned his suit jacket anytime he sat down. Oh, that drives me crazy. I, <laughs> he's so one weird. of my favorite actors. I think he's, he's so great. Good. I think he's great. But I can't tell you how many like times I'm doing videos with like CEOs and like very powerful, prestigious people, and they'll sit down and like they'll have their jacket buttoned and they look terrible. It looks bad every time. I'm like, hey, maybe unbutton it, but keep it close together. Like, don't open yeah. it and they're like I'm, I'm gonna leave it buttoned and then they always message me they're like I don't like the way I look in this I know you don't cause you didn't listen to me I don't like your casting couch stories hey, <laughs> all I have to say is like if you watch Mad Men does Don Draper ever leave his button buttoned no he fucking doesn't no and he looks amazing he does he's evil but he looks amazing yes do what Don Draper does in this one particular instance not like you know everything else WWDDD baby yeah what would Don Draper do <laughs> he dresses so well you could call him don dapper Ooh, Ooh. I here's like my it. question do you think this movie would have improved exponentially if instead of vincent d'onofrio it was still vincent d'onofrio but playing his character from men in black yeah wearing the edgar <laughs> suit wearing the edgar suit absolutely yeah but i hate when he sits down and he doesn't unbutton the edgar suit <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck you both. Let's get into this movie. Let's just start it. Let's go through it. <laughs> All right. So we open on a baseball game. It's Cubs versus the Sox. And uh, the Sox are losing. No, I'm sorry. The Cubs are losing. The Sox are winning. And Favreau's like gloating because he's the one Sox fan. Yes. And Vince Vaughn looks down the row and sees Jennifer Aniston clearly on a date, by the way. Oh, yeah. She's. Out with that guy for sure. Yeah. And he does this weird thing where he like orders hot dogs and is like trying to pass a hot dog down to her, even though she doesn't want one. It's very awkward. It's very off putting. Uh, then at the end of the game, they all get up to leave and he kind of confronts her. She can't get past him and he pesters her literally just incessantly to go out with him. She says no multiple times. Yeah. And he will not let her go. He won't let her move past him. Yeah. He follows her. I was going to say a nightmare. That. Yeah, absolutely. He is a nightmare. I have no problem with him shooting a shot. Fine. But he blocks her pathway away from him with his body and won't yep. leave her alone. And for whatever reason, this plays as charming to her, which I found incredibly bonkers. Well, you see, people usually model relationships they grew up with. Okay. And so that really explains this whole movie is that her parents not great. Probably not. But here's my thing. She's clearly on a date. Yeah. So like shoot your shot, whatever. If somebody's on a date, just be respectful. Don't be a dick. Yeah. And then also don't physically block women from getting places until they agree to go out with you. That's fucking like sexual harassment. Yeah. Fuck this dude. That's where this movie starts and expects you to be on his side. Technically, it's illegal. It's called obstruction of passageway. It is. And kidnapping. <laughs> It's why I almost <laughs> shut a guy's arm in my car door one time. Let me tell you about how this scene would have played out with me. 
I see a beautiful woman, but she's on a date. I see the hot dog guy. I'm like, hey, man, six hot dogs. And then I would have ate six, six hot, hot dogs, dogs right there. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Time. And not have talked to that girl at all. <laughs> yeah. I've been like, oh, she's cute, but she's on a date. I'm going to pig the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat my feelings. And yes. I don't care what she thinks because she's with someone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Perfect. By the way, that sound Mikey made was him actually eating a hot dog. <laughs> I fucking love hot dogs. Well, when they said six hot dogs, I was like, damn, hot dogs sound amazing, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love hot dogs. Then we get into like a montage of them having a relationship together, and I was straight up offended. <laughs> like, that's how bad of a foot this movie got off on with me is that, like, oh, so he sexually harassed her, and now they're together. Yeah. Gross. What I didn't get is why she didn't just give him a fake number. Like, that's what would have happened in reality if someone was blocking a woman she's like fine yeah. let me give you my number and then she'd give him the number to like portillo's so we can eat some more hot dogs but like not talk to her yeah if you're in chicago you'll get that joke no i got it i portillo's is like one of their hot dog places it is they mentioned another hot dog place in this movie that i've been wanting to go to but i've never been to chicago Portillo's but, uh, is pretty solid also she is with a dude who he separates the two of them. Like he actively kind of gets her away from him. I'd be calling for that dude to come over. Yeah, me too. To be like, please, this person is bothering me. Please leave. Yeah. But the fact that he won't just take her no for an answer shows you that he's got some fucked up notions of boundaries and selfishness and any sort of concept of how anyone else is feeling. And luckily, we get to see that play out over the course of this movie. Over the course of this movie? Yeah. Fucking terrible. It is terrible. So we cut back from the credits over a montage of pictures of them together, and he is giving a tour on a tour bus, and it's three brothers' tours. So it's we find out he owns this tour bus company with his two brothers. Yeah. And he gives kind of this like whole spiel... He has this weird aside about the driver previously being a sex worker and your tips keep her off the streets where I think he's trying to be funny, but I'm like, that would make me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> like He clearly is joking and he even mentions that he was one of her clients. Like it's yeah. very, it's not something you joke about today for sure. It's probably allowed in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I, it would have made me uncomfortable on the tour today, but also 10 years ago where I would have been I like- I just don't understand the point of the tour like is there anything architecturally, architecturally significant, significant? <laughs> i knew this was gonna come up and yes mikey yes, yes. It, there is um i do like the few because the we only really hear two or hey, three Paige? facts on the tour what i landed that joke with deep dish pizzazz <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> It's like the lasagna of pizzazz. <laughs> but if you did two jokes in a row, no, we can't get it. <laughs> and then stack them. Would they <laughs> be? Would they be one deep dish pizzazz or two pizzazz? Deep dish? Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Um, I do. We only get two like facts about Chicago from this tour, like this one, and then on the boat. Uh, this one. He the talks one on the boat is the metaphor for the entire movie, though. It is, and I yeah. really like that. I think that's an interesting fact. But this one, we go past the only building to survive the fire of 1871. Um, that's kind of cool. We cut to Jennifer Aniston working at a gallery, and Justin Long is like the administrative assistant there, and he says "Happy Holidays" every time he's on the phone. Yeah, because he's like, I think people like my spirit, and the ho there's always holidays. <laughs> I'm just manifesting it's a so holiday bonkers. every day. 
Every hate, day. Don't say manifesting. I manifested <laughs> Arbor Day. So he gets home and it's clear that she's been cooking for like three hours. There's stuff all over the kitchen. There's it looks pizza. great. The food it looks, looks good. It looks amazing. Yeah. And he drops off a grocery bag with her. We will find out that it only has three lemons in it. She wanted 12 for a centerpiece. He only got three. Right. She's upset about that because she asked him to do one thing and he did not do it. And especially because like... <laughs> Going to get three lemons is the same amount of effort as getting 12 lemons, I think. You're already at the store. Yeah. Did she send a text or was it a verbal and he didn't hear? I don't know. Their relationship is very toxic. He clearly heard because he brought her lemons, just not the right amount of lemons. As a person who sometimes hears 75% of what's being said to me when I'm not, you know, listening. (laughs) I could see me making a three to 12 lemon mistake or a 12 limes. Sure. (laughs) Honestly, that still would have worked for a centerpiece, though. That still would have worked for a centerpiece. Yeah. I can see myself making this mistake. I have made this mistake before. I think the problem lies in his reaction to it. Oh, you mean that he didn't apologize and offer to go get more fucking lemons like an actual yes, human being Yes, because that should? would have been my first instinct would have been like, I am so sorry I misunderstood or I misheard you. Yeah. Although if it's a text, you got no excuse. Uh, how can I make this right? Can I run and go get more lemons? What can I do? But no, what he does is he, I mean, he had already tasted the chicken by this point and he was like, the chicken doesn't taste all that great. Just use the lemons on the chicken and it'll make it taste real good. So he like talks shit about her cooking and then is like not offering an apology or to go get more lemons or anything. He's just an asshole. Yeah. Because I feel like if he had offered an apology and been like, I am so sorry, I messed up, she would have scrapped the centerpiece anyway and would have been like, you know what, I'm not going to worry about it. You go take a shower, help set the table. Like, it would have not been an issue because he would have, you know, people make mistakes. Yeah, all the time. But then, so he's not apologizing about it. He could not give two shits about her centerpiece. And then she's like, well, regardless, the centerpiece can't happen now. I'm just going to have to live with that. But like, can you go take a shower so that you can greet my parents when they get here? Because I'm probably still going to be cooking. Like, can you change clothes, set up the you know table? And this is a dinner they knew was going to happen. It wasn't a surprise. Like, it was on their calendar for today. Yeah. She asked, like, the smallest thing from him. And he's like, no, I want to sit here and watch the game. I don't care how much effort you're putting into this. I don't care about how it plays out. I just want to do this one thing. Yes. Which is really disrespectful to just another adult in general if you have an event that you have decided you're going to do together and then you're just like fuck you oh yeah no it's real shitty Paige. yeah Yeah. i find the best way to be in life in general is to like just own your mistakes yes no need to lie about it no no need to downplay it and just be like in my professional life it's worked well my personal life like hey i really messed this up i've made a huge mistake i screwed up i am sorry i feel very bad but i I messed this up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the like kicker. You're a grown up and people are coming over. Take a fucking shower. Like, I don't know why this is. She shouldn't even have to ask him these things is what I would say. No, but he's a 13 year old trapped in a 40 year old's body. Right. I'm a morning shower person. So I technically would not need a shower at this point in time unless I went to work out. That's fine. I would say sometimes I, I tend to be a night shower person, but like sometimes if I've been at work all day, I feel gross in my clothes. No, I get that. And so I might shower earlier than like if I knew people were coming over and I was going to dress up, I would at least go freshen up in some format 
shower or otherwise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and then greet people absolutely and she does ask him to change too so like it could have been a both oh he yeah. does she does do that that if she wants him to dress up then i would probably take a shower yeah anyway so uh he's like no wait till the game's over and she's like but they're gonna be here in like 20 minutes and they literally ring the doorbell they're there early so now all of her best laid plans are are gone because he wouldn't just be a grown-up um (laughs) anyway so their families are there for dinner and there's some talking between them it's not super interesting we don't get a huge sense of who they are the only thing we get is that vincent d'onofrio wants to take them to uh air and sea for their tour bus company where he wants them to have riverboats and helicopters yeah uh, but then her brother, or the person we find out is her brother, who is an acapella singer, sings like a six minute long version of Owner of a Lonely Heart. Well, four of those minutes are just him doing the instrumental part. Yes, because yeah. like Owner of a Lonely Heart is only like three minutes long total. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I dislike this brother. If yeah. I was ever in a relationship with someone and this is their brother. It's intense in this scene. I wouldn't write him off completely as a brother. I wouldn't write him off as a brother. I'm just saying, if you (laughs) sing at my face, I'll swing at your face. (laughs) Mikey, let me just say this. As this brother, I know when I've gone too far and I will back away. He doesn't seem to have that. And I love John Michael Higgins. I think he's fucking hilarious. Hilarious. And he's so funny in this scene when he's like giving them all their parts around the dinner table. And then he comes to Vince Vaughn. He's like, come, come on the bass drum. And then Vince is like, uh... No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want any part of this. It's been requested in the Facebook group a couple times, but people want us to do FU and we have not done it yet. It's, have you guys never seen it? No, I've never heard I of think it. The name, no, I'm sorry. That's not the name of the movie. Oh, uh, fuck. It's a cheerleader movie. Fired up. Fired up. Yeah. Duh. Fired up. FU fired up. Okay. He's the head coach. Oh, nice. And he does the same shit where they're like, are you going to teach us the founder of Troy? And he's like, next, I'll teach you to put makeup on a bear. Prohibited Avenue. <laughs> like he is out to lunch in that movie. And I love it. He's so good. But he's out to lunch in this movie, too. I love that he yeah. gets right in Vince Vaughn's face when he starts singing. Jazz hands, too. I know for a fact I've done that to Mikey at parties. Probably more than once. <laughs> yes, you have. I've tried to kiss Mikey on the mouth at parties. Like, he just pushes me away. I have pictures of that. Actually, those pictures are in the Facebook group. The Horror Virgin Facebook group, but still. Yeah. So the dinner party ends somewhat unceremoniously. They yeah. kind of escort people out. And her mom offers to like stay and help her clean up. And Vince Vaughn's like, no, we got it. Bye. And like waves <laughs> her mom off. Right. And knowing that he's not going to clean any of it up, which is That's crazy. That's the worst part. Because he really is like, no, 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 we'll take care of it. Cut to him on the couch right. playing Grand Theft Auto. And she's like, I guess I'm going to clean up. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. And here's the thing. This is where I really take issue with this movie claiming that she is a bad communicator. Because she calmly asks him three or four different times they're like, can you please just help me do the dishes? Then the kitchen will be clean and we can go to bed. It'll only take us 15 minutes because we'll be working together. Yeah. And he's like, nah, no. And then she says, I don't like waking up to a dirty kitchen. It would really mean a lot to me if you could help me with this. And then he literally says, and I may not have the exact words, but it's to the effect of, who cares? Yeah, like, he says, who cares? I do. I just said that I care, you asshole. Yeah. Yes. I just do not understand how they stay together this long. I have no idea. Not the a The sex must be amazing. Doubtful. Um, <laughs> but she... She then is clearly upset and he's like, I don't understand why you're upset about that. Like, why are you making a big deal about this? And what she says to him is like, 
I don't, this isn't me just asking you to do the dishes. This is me asking you to want to help me to be an equal partner in this relationship. Like this isn't about, I don't love doing dishes, but like we do things that we don't always love to, you know, get through it. Please help me. I did all of this work. Just even say thank you. And he totally writes it off. Yeah. He's like, why would I want to do dishes? Yeah. I mean, I get that no one wants to do dishes, but like I did everything to get us to this point in the evening. It would be nice if you acknowledge that. And then also wanted to chip in a little bit. Not that you want to do dishes like you're jazzed as fuck about doing dishes. I get that no one's jazzed about that, but you might want to contribute to the relationship a little bit you insufferable asshole yeah well and then she then continues to make the point it's she doesn't just like fine and stomp off she tries to explain it to him where she's yeah. like this isn't just dishes this isn't just you helping me with the dishes tonight this is you not helping and investing in the relationship as a whole and she brings up the ballet and he's like i fucking hate the ballet and she's <laughs> like but i don't and he's like well why should i have to go and it's like because i want to like yeah like i am a person you love and we do things together and you don't like a hundred percent of the stuff that we do but like go to the ballet to humor me because i want to go and would like to be there with a person i love like yeah i don't know why this is confusing for you and it's literally only his likes and dislikes matter in in his world in this relationship yeah he's incredibly self-centered yeah not just in this relationship all of his relationships oh no i mean even in his personal relationships yeah yeah his her personal and professional yes but she also is like we don't go anywhere like we don't go on trips he's like we just went on a trip and she's like to a game you wanted to go to she more or less spells it out although she doesn't say it but she's like that's more or less like my ballet like i don't yeah. want to go do that i go do that for you because you want to be there and i want to be with you Well, and this, then he goes into the part that made me damn near scream at the screen (laughs) because he's like, I'm out there every day working to support us. And I'm like, first of all, you're splitting the mortgage equally, as we will find out in this movie. Right. So you'd have to work anyway. So it's not like working was a choice for you. You'd have to regardless. And she works a full-time job too. She works a full-time job too. He's like, to support you so that someday you don't have to work. And she's like, I want to work. Yeah. Which means that his view of her in this relationship is that he would prefer that she do nothing but stay home and cater to his whims. And she has no agency in it. Yeah. And like, he doesn't see that as a problem. In fact, he wants more of that. He wants her to have less agency in the relationship Fucking leave Jennifer Aniston, walk out that door and never look back. Yeah. Yeah. This movie makes no sense. I have a hard time believing, unless there was a change, that they bought this condo and renovated the whole thing. And he did most of the work, as he said. And didn't murder each other? Yeah. Yeah. And she basically says, like, or he says, I just want to be left alone. And she's like, fucking fine. And then she says, do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Dress however you want. I don't deserve this. I deserve somebody who gives a shit. Bye. Yeah. And that should have been the end of the movie. She should have broken up with him. That should have been it. There should have been no will they, won't they of anything. He deserved everything she said to him. Yes, absolutely. I really thought it was going to be like him immediately realizing he had fucked up. And then the whole movie was him trying to get her back. And would they get back together? And it is not that. And it broke my heart that it wasn't that. Right. And so we do see her call. He he like just leaves the apartment, doesn't talk to her at all, doesn't communicate at all. She calls her friend and is like, this is what happened. 
And her friend is like, yeah, I think you did the right thing. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I think it's good that you finally stood up for what you wanted and yeah. good for you. Yeah. And she tells her like, no offense, don't clean the kitchen. Oh, I, I love that her friend was like, I'm coming over. I'll be there in 15 minutes. And, she, and Jennifer Anderson's like, no, don't come over. I, I don't want to see anybody. And she's like, no, I don't want you to take this out on the kitchen is what she says, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but uh, to her point, I don't want you to give him the thing that he wouldn't help you with because you're upset and that's oh, yeah. how you're going to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, notice how when they're in this breakup phase, the house gets dirty as shit because it she's not cleaning it. Yeah. No. And then at the the end of the movie, he cleans the house and it's like the movie wants us to celebrate him for doing the bare fucking minimum. No. Fuck him. Yeah. But that is like why I think this movie thinks that they're equally villains. And I don't really see don't Jennifer Anderson doing many it. Bad things to him The only thing that I don't really like that Jennifer Aniston does She does to other men Yeah, Like the decoy dates Because it's sort of mean to the guys she's decoy dating But I don't think she does anything really bad to Vince Vaughn No, not at all (laughs) But he is so butthurt that she broke up with him yeah, he he can't fathom how yeah. how dare she? And how I'm like, dare she break up with me? Even when I'm a huge asshole. Huge. I, I'm gonna save it till we get there. But like, did they really not have a conversation about the bowling team? Like, did they not? Are they not? Well, at that point, she still wanted to get back together with him. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's the part I hate. I hate so much. Yeah, because like, no, I wanted her to be firmly. No, it's over. And it was him trying mm-hmm. to like. I can change. I'm doing all these things to get better. And then the the will they, won't they in it be, are they going to get back together or is she going to hold firm to her? No, we're broken up. But it's not like she reveals pretty early on that she did this as a relationship stunt because she knows he needs to grow in order for the relationship to work. Like she knows the relationship doesn't work, but she still wants it for some reason. And that bothered me. I think, and this is just me projecting onto the film. Sure. I think sometimes people are more afraid of being alone than being in a bad relationship. And the reality is that being alone can be a very freeing time for growth and it can be good for you. Yeah. And being in a bad relationship can be even more alone than being alone. Yes. Yes. It can stunt that growth. It can be bad. And so like. I think in some of these cases, and I think in this one particularly, she's like, well, I have to try and make it work somehow so I'm not alone. And it's like, I I understand that being alone is a challenge. I was single for a long ass time. But being in a bad relationship is not better than being alone. I get it though, Paige, because if you looked at her, Jennifer Anderson, I mean, she probably can't get a lot of dates. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Anyway, so he goes to, she's hoping on the phone that he's going to go out, get drunk, and then come back and apologize. Yes. He goes to the bar and he's just like, I can't fucking believe that she broke up with me. And they're like, she's definitely cheating on you. And I'm like, no, like she gave you the exact reasons. (laughs) Like she told you. I do love that conversation though, because John Favreau is like, he's right 30% of the time and then very wrong the rest of the time get a key logger yeah exactly because yeah. he's like well maybe she's just sick of you not focusing on her or whatever or and then he goes she's definitely cheating on you we should kill that man and then yeah. you should oh break God. into her email with a key logger and learn all about her that's what i did with my yeah. ex or he says something yeah. like that i'm like oh this is not a good guy he was just nervously bailing out because he gave him too much of the truth. He just said, yeah, you know, you're an asshole and you're not good to her. And then his face, you know, he's like, oh, shit, he can't take that kind of criticism. No, no. I'm sure she's cheating on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and then they get into the discussion of like, well, she's clearly going to move out. And the fact that he just assumes that she would move out made me furious. Oh, yeah, because it's very clearly set up that they both bought that place. It's both it's in both of their names. And he's like, no, she's going to move out. She broke up with me. She's got to move out. And that is not how that works. That's not how that works. And also, I'm like, as we see, because she stops doing the chores because, hey, she I am with her on that one. Yeah, because if if it's both your apartment, then both of you do chores. Well, absolutely, Paige. If it's both of your apartment, both of you guys clean up. But I right. think it's a combination of she's no longer going to be his maid. And right. he's trying to get her out by being more dirty than he normally was. So, like, it gets right. real bad real fast because she's no longer his maid, which she's never been required to be. And he's right. more of an asshole. Yeah. Well, and that was the part where when he was like, yeah, she's got to move out. And I'm like, why? She seems to be the only one taking care of the place. I know. Like, I think she kind of earned it. Asshole. <laughs> I think they should sell it and, you know, split the equity yeah, and whatever. They should, like, they should sell that's it. That's what they should do. So he is like, she's going to move out. No. We cut to, he comes back to the house. He sleeps on the couch. We cut to the next day he's at work and vincent d'onofrio is like hey i need your tour log yeah it'll come up a couple times but essentially it's just a record of all the tours that he gave uh then we cut to the gallery and her boss basically sends her home to have the day off to be sad yeah which is kind of like i kind of love it like yeah mental health day yeah well and they paint her boss as kind of evil for a while but at the end her boss is actually a real fucking great lady like i thought she was sort of awesome i think eccentric but yeah awesome eccentric and unpredictable yes yes what you want in a boss <laughs> what oh, you want in a boss oof, but i would say unpredictable in a ultimately in a good way where you find out that she really does care about jennifer aniston right not justin long so much but she clearly has a favorite <laughs> on her employment staff yeah i mean yeah <laughs> who would you pick the one that sells things or the one that says happy holidays in may i do love christmas <laughs> i do at christmas Anyway, so she goes home and she comes home to loud music and a pool table, which I guess we got for kind of forgot to bring up at the the dinner party. He wants a pool table. There's no room for a pool table in the apartment. And she basically is like, when we get a bigger place, we can have a pool table. So it's not no to the pool table in general. It's like, hey, there's not a feasible way to have this right now. Right. But he throws a big hissy fit like a giant 13 year old. Yeah. Yeah. And the answer isn't a no. It's a not now. It's a not now. Yeah. yeah. Like there are things that Jake and I want that we can't have right now because there's no room. Like like a pool table. Like a pool table. <laughs> I would actually love to have a pool table. Same. I'm really and bad I, at pool, but I, was I enjoy it. Thing. I'm like, I suck yeah. at pool, but I love playing it. I like doing yeah. it. I just like playing with sticks and balls. Mm. Never mind. <laughs> we, let's move on. I'm surprised you didn't like Magic Mike XXL more. Uh, <laughs> I am not going to get slap and slipped. Slip and slapped. Uh, she comes home, loud music, and and he's gotten rid of a bunch of her furniture in favor of a pool table in the dining room. Oh, I was going to say, he got rid of the table they were at at yeah. that dinner so they could put that pool table up. Mm-hmm. And, and and mind you, I would be fucking furious. Yeah. If, if this, I, ooh, man, I would be mad. And he's like, well, it's my place and you wouldn't have me let me have a pool table. And so now, like, this area is my area. That area is your area. Right. And the fact that he's basically taken over the two common areas of the house. He even says the room with the pool table is a common area. Right. But it has his one giant right. 
possession in it exactly like if it's truly common area that pool table should be in his air quotes bedroom which is the living room which is why i wanted her to make him put it in there and then him sleep on it that would have been funny they're ter- they're they're so bad at communicating yes they are yeah breaking up together because they should have talked about who sleeps where where should we move things and they don't i feel like jennifer anderson gets some stuff dictated to her because when she yeah. comes home in this scene she's like talking to him and he's like you can stay in the bedroom i'll stay out here like he He's the one like sort of setting the ground rules. Well, and I feel like that conversation could have happened if he didn't just fucking leave. Like he walked out of the conversation where that would happen. Oh, yeah. But you can still have that conversation. I mean, you can't if somebody won't have it with you. 100%. We can call it bad communication all we want, but there's one person that's aggressively not communicating and another person that's clearly trying. Yeah. Like Vince Vaughn is very much dictating terms and she is like attempting to have a conversation. Yeah. So she ends up calling her friend and her friend is like, well, I guess he's trying to test boundaries. But again, that's something a child does. Yeah. And so she goes into her room, blasts Alanis Morissette and tosses all of his shit out of her bedroom and I'm going to call that fair. Yeah. I love this scene because John Favreau and Jason Bateman are playing pool with him when this is going on mm-hmm. and like so Alanis Morissette Jagged Little Pill comes on and or and sorry it's You Oughta Know comes on yeah it's You Oughta Know off the Jagged yeah. Little Pill album anyway so yes. she's throwing his stuff into the hallway from the room and they're mm-hmm. just both like yeah I'm going to get the fuck out of here like John Favreau and Jason Bateman <laughs> bone out immediately hot, hot take hot take okay. yeah. sure She's finally gotten enough of this. She should have just been like, we're putting this place up for sale. We can't even talk about how we're going to do this breakup. You're being a child about it. We're over. Yeah. I'm taking my stuff and I'm leaving and until we sell the sell the place because I just can't deal with this. Them both deciding to stay in a toxic environment is both of them making that choice. One of them has to leave. It is bad, but I also understand the feeling of, fuck you, why should I be the one who has to leave? I agree. I get that. But that just cre- that's that is a very emotional choice. It is something that you should concede. Yeah, like yeah. you should go stay with a friend <laughs> for your own sanity. But. Her, her winning in the situation is emotional peace. Yes. And you will never have that by one upping a toxic person. Yeah. Right. You will only have that by removing yourself and that person from your life. So like her when they start like at this when the point of the movie where they start trying to one up each other and it tries to make her a villain. Yeah. That's like, girl, make a healthy choice and just Cut it off. But yeah. Block and move on. Have the real estate agent cut you the check. Yep. Don't talk to him again. Yeah. Well, and I really hated that she ends up talking to her friend after this. And her friend is like, what you did is childish. And I'm like, I get that she should be in a different environment. She shouldn't stay there. But he just dictated where she's allowed to live in her own home. And so her removing his possessions from that room to me seems justified and fair. Yeah. You know, if you're going to tell me where I'm going to live in my own house, then I'm going to tell your stuff where it can fucking go. (laughs) Or at least it can't be in my space. The space that you told me you wanted me to stay. In. Yeah. I had no problem with what she does here. And the Jagged Little Pill album slaps top to down. It's a great album. Yeah, front to down, Jagged Little Pill is amazing. I also think it's weird because we go into the next bowling scene and he is like, Oh, I found my shirt. Thanks for laying it out. That they're treating her throwing his clothes into the hallway the same as him getting rid of her furniture and replacing it with a pool table so that she now cannot use two different rooms of her house. Like the fact that they equate those in the movie is bonkers to me. Like, yeah. Fucking nuts. She was saving him time by getting his clothes out of her room. And that yeah. was deemed as bad as getting rid of a dining room set, Paige. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I hate it so much. I hate this movie. This movie just shouldn't happen. Like I said, it shouldn't you, cannot, happen. you cannot out toxic a toxic person. They will just drag you down. No, and you shouldn't right. try. It's like that saying a drowning man drowns people, you know, mm-hmm. like that's what Vince Vaughn is doing this whole movie. Although I will say about around this time period, I do think it was much more acceptable for a guy to not be on the same level as his girlfriend. I feel like that was more socially acceptable than it is now. You mean by not participating in a relationship? By not participating as much. Like, I think... It doesn't make it okay. No, I think it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, so like, it's clear that she does more around the house than him. They both have full-time jobs. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that sort of stuff was more socially acceptable in the mid-2000s than it is today. Well, and I, I feel like that's variable, too, because, I mean, finances come into it, too, and maybe, like, he's covering everything financial, and so there's some, you know, difference in how things get divvied up, but you sure. can't do nothing. You know, like, you gotta do something. See, I don't know. For me, it's a matter of time. Like, if they're both working 40 hours a week, then you should both be sort of splitting the housework equally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think just because men typically make more than women women should be doing more of the housework no no no. that's not what i mean okay but okay. i'm like if somebody's working like 60 hours a week yes, and no, bringing yeah. in most of the money then that changes how things work completely you know, agree whatever. completely agree with that but like if they're both but that's working not 40, what we're getting right exactly the, yeah that's yeah. not what we're getting yeah. in this movie like i honestly don't care what either of them make if they both work the same amount of time they should both be doing the same around the house right yeah but again i do feel like 20 years ago or 15 years ago when this movie came out it was more socially acceptable or seen as like well that's the woman's work anyway he shouldn't be doing that he should be sitting on the couch drinking a beer waiting for her family to come over for dinner and that's fucking gross but i do feel like that's more what the socially acceptable thing was back then right i also was raised in a house where my parents both work full-time they still do both work full-time but like you know, it's not unusual to see my dad folding laundry and doing dishes and yeah. whatever and crushing cans for the recycling and shit. Oh, I just want to see your dad just with one of those things that you put the can in and it goes. I bought him one for Christmas. I love it. I love it. My dad had one of those, too. And like watching him like sort of enjoy it. Like it's sort of fun to have like he a can it. crusher. Yeah. It's like an old man thing in my mind because I used to watch my dad do it all the time. Crushing anything is fun. Yeah. Well, he was doing it with his like foot and it was driving me crazy every that time I would exactly go stay there. exactly what my dad was doing until he got one of those things. And so and so for Christmas, I, I bought him one and he was like loving it. Yeah. And I was like, good choice, me. Yeah. Anyway, it was like a wall mounted one, too. He's getting serious about it. Yeah, my dad's a small mounted. I love that. Like, that is not like just my experience. Like, that's like. a No, I think that's, that's a <laughs> universal dad thing. <laughs> Man, I can't wait till I get to the point in my life where I need a, a wall-mounted can crusher. I mean, I am I am looking forward into the future where I'm hoping in my future there's a garage fridge and a can crusher. Yes. Like, that's what I want, man. I want it. That is success, Paige. I'd settle for a garage in general. <laughs> <laughs> like, start there. Uh, anyway, so we get to, they go to their bowling team day, event, bowling. They go bowling. Yeah. But they're on a team. They have a bowling league. Yeah. And they're on a team. Yeah. 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 They're on a couple's team. And since they're no longer a couple, she kind of weaponizes their friends against him. A little bit. This is not super nice. But at the same time, fuck him. So, (laughs) like, you know, whatever. So they kind of vote him out and they take his shirt. Which was like, that's unnecessary. I loved it, though. This is one of those parts that I actually thought was sort of funny because he has to take off his shirt. And he is a level of petty I can respect. He's like, well, that's my wrist guard. So give me my wrist guard back. Hope you snap your wrist. 
But I mean, yep. <laughs> he is also shirtless walking to his car holding a wrist guard. And that to me was funny. And he turns to the other guys there and he just says, band of brothers, you should rent it sometime. <laughs> Which is nonsense, but... It is nonsense, but honestly, fully agree. Because it's yeah, great. Yeah, no, no, it's great. Band of brothers just stream is solid. It. Come on. Yeah. It's on yeah, HBO. Stream it. Just stream it. It's so good. Yeah. So uh, as he leaves, this is where she has her little speech of like, he's really hurt right now. He's going to get drunk, make a fool of himself and apologize and everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, girlfriend, no, no. So that is what made me think that this is a cycle for them that they've been through. Yes, before, I think right? so. So like, I feel like they've been through this sort of exact thing and he is just I don't know, more of an asshole than he normally is. So he doesn't do what she expects. Or she allows him to come back into the relationship without any demonstration of change. It's a toxic cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's systemic. Yeah. I have been in an on again, off again relationship because of both of us, honestly. And it was like terrible. I'm so glad I'm in a much more stable place right now. But yeah, I've been in relationships like that and they're the worst. Yeah. I mean, I feel like and this is just me as a lady. I don't think Vince Vaughn's throwing it down that good. I don't believe it. Mm. I'm sure he's not, Paige. I think he's too lazy. I agree. I don't know the real Vince Vaughn. No, I think she means the character in the sh- the movie. Yeah, I mean right? the character oh, in this movie. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The character in this movie is definitely not throwing it down. If he's this lazy in life. Yeah. If he won't shower for company. He's probably not going to adequately prepare the space. Let's just say it that way. (laughs) You got to work hard in a lot of different areas in a relationship to make it work. And I I just find it hard to believe that if he's not working hard at work, he's not working hard in his relationship, that he's working hard in the bedroom. Yeah, I doubt it. And he makes a comment about like foreplay at one point. And she's just like, it was one time. And I'm just like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, that's in the initial fight. That's the very first fight. Yeah, that's the very first fight. And he's using that to be like, well, I shouldn't do the dishes because I went down on you this because morning. Because I went down it's on you. And I'm so like, so stupid. Yeah. Unless you negotiate that in a very open communication fashion. That's sure. healthy. Sure. And yeah. if, if that's what you and your partner decide, that's great. But if you're going to throw that in my face like it's a chore, then I'll tell you where you can go down. And it's the stairs out of this apartment. So like, Yes, 100%. Yeah. But Mikey, if your girlfriend was like, well, if you do the dishes, I'll go down on you. I would always do the dishes. Yeah. As long as she says that. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if that's like the deal, I'm like, oh, that's the easiest yes you'll ever get out of. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, that's very motivating for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a fun way to do chores. But you know what? I don't think it should be at the same time. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. We've got to talk. We've got to talk about the line. A lot of people's favorite line in this movie is, I want you to want to do the dishes. And that's like their favorite line of the movie. But I feel like that's just a misnomer. Does that make sense? No one mm-hmm. wants to do the dishes. Nobody does. But I want you to participate in this relationship. I want you yes. to want to participate in this relationship is what she's saying. But I think a lot of people took it literally like... Household chores are chores and like you're going to have to have conversations about it. People sometimes don't do them. I I am not great at division of labor without clear and good communication. And I and I I'm sorry that I'm not that kind of person. I'm good at some things and not other things. Exactly. And that's been that's been a struggle in past relationships. And I, you know, I don't like doing the dishes, but I don't like some days I have a hard day and I don't like doing anything. But like I we have to communicate about it. And, 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 And if you don't communicate it. And you hold resentment inside and I don't know it. That's not that's also not fair to me. Yeah. Not to yeah. make this about me. Jennifer Anderson's point with that. I want you to want to do the dishes is not that she wants 
him to want to do dishes. It's that she wants him to be an active member in their relationship. And he clearly is not. Right. Oh, yeah. But the yeah. people who use that quote really just want you to want to do the dishes. Mikey, I think they want you to be an active member of the relationship. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone is under any illusion that people want to do dishes. Yeah. I've never met a person who loved doing it. No, but they're talking about having someone without communicating do the chores and like that division of labor happening without the communication. I yeah, it's called emotional this. labor. Yeah. And it's usually put on the the femme presenting or female person in the relationship yeah. because of heteronormative bullshit. Right. Just saying, I need a clear conversation about it. I'm not just going to do everything without talking about it. No, for sure. But I don't expect the other person to either. There is. Because that, that's the thing. It's like oftentimes when people are like, I need clear direction to do something. It's not just that they need clear direction. It's that they're expecting it all to get done. And if they don't get the clear direction and it still doesn't get done, they're going to be upset that it doesn't get done. But the right. reality is one person should not be in charge in the relationship of deciding who does what all the time. That's exhausting. It's a relationship. It's two ways. Right. I would do really well with like a chore wheel. And I know that's like childish, but like I'm hey, just not good works. at th that's what it's a, That's a struggle area for me. Some people have like a dry erase board and they'll put like, you know, daily chores or whatever and they'll split them up. Like that works too. I'll be honest with you. Like there's a lot of times when Natalie and I get super busy and the house already gets a mess and she'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, the house is such a mess. And I'm like, I'll always say like, there's no reason that's your job. Like. Right. I live here right. too. I'm also responsible for how the house looks. So like, yeah. yeah. And then and if you're in a relationship with me, you know that my house looks bad when I'm working very long. Like this week has been exhausting. My house is messier than normal. I'll clean it this weekend when I have days off. But it's like, you know, like I don't have time. Yeah. Or I'm so exhausted when I get home. It's like, I just don't have time to clean or the energy. I'm just exhausted. Same. Mikey. Jake will do something where he's like, hey, I kind of want to clean the house this weekend. Like, I want to do a big, deep clean. Here are the few things that I need from you to help me make this happen. Because I know you're working. But like, here, if you can do these three things, that would help me a lot. Yeah. Great. Happy to do that. You know, or like, hey, if you make amazing chicken soup, I will do the dishes. Like, yeah. you know, those conversations got to happen. Yeah. But also, he is an adult in, those re in that relationship. So he can't just be relying on her to be the only one managing both the communication and the chores. Yeah. Vince Vaughn's an asshole in this movie. Right. Anyway, so he goes to a club with his younger brother, which they never address it. But his younger brother's name is Lupus. I'm sorry. Is it? It's Lupus? Yes. Lupus Gaworski. And if you pause it on Amazon, it'll show the name. And they just call him LG. But his name is Lupus. Why? <laughs> it's weird. That's a weird choice. Also, his brother is probably a serial killer yeah. because he goes and like hits on that woman next to him at the bar. And he's he's like, why don't we go back to my place? Get naked. I'll wrap you in cellophane. And I was like, yeah, I'll cut a hole so you can breathe. And then one by your asshole. And I was like, holy shit. Call CSI. Yeah. Like it was just. Yeah, not Which, good. I'm not going to kink shame, but you don't lead with that. You no, lead no, no. with, can I buy you a drink or something that's more socially acceptable than like. That's a conversation that you have on FetLife with someone who has already expressed that they are also into saran wrap in a sexual way. Into saran play. Into saran play. <laughs> into into uh, like a leftover kink. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, now put me in the yeah. fridge and forget about me. Oh. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Call me Meatloaf. Dude, Gerald's Fridge is a weird movie. <laughs> like Gerald's Ooh. Game, Mikey? Uh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Forgotten about. Well, not forgotten about. But anyway. Uh, so we cut back to the apartment 
the next day and this is where he's like well you're moving out and she's like i'm not fucking moving out and they get into an argument where he basically shames a bunch of her family members where he's just like talking shit on everyone she's related to unrelated to the problem that they're having at the time yeah and reveals that he hates her brother but also her sister and her grandfather as like a whole thing so we cut to the next morning because he has claimed that he's just gonna sleep the fuck in yeah and the next morning she has allowed her brother's acapella group to practice in her bedroom because that's her bedroom. Yeah. That's her area. And it wakes him up to them singing. I loved this scene because, again, I am a huge fan of John Michael Higgins. And, like, the barbershop quartet or whatever, like, the acapella group is doing the most in this scene. Like, they're all super into it. Have you met an acapella group that's not like oh super into it. yeah no Never. they're all awesome and we should be very happy that a world exists where acapella exists Ooh, but i don't know about that i love that they are just in it <laughs> i do like that todd interpreted your comment that way <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know about this <laughs> at all. Oh, Paige, i knew what he meant i just made it what i wanted it to be i know i love it <laughs> uh and they're the tone rangers is their name oh my god such a bad name, but they're all bad names. That's the fun. Yeah. His argument is that he can hear them from his room and their sound shouldn't be in his space. And I'm like, well, you were playing loud video games and loud music that she could hear. Yep. At like two in the morning, right? At like two in the morning. Yeah. And so I don't see how you think you are exempt. Like, I don't understand. You know, he goes in to confront them and he tries to steal their pitch pipe, which like, don't. Oh, my God. I love this. And he just immediately kicks his ass. Oh, like, yeah. Like, doesn't even play. John Michael Higgins goes from singing in an acapella group to throat punching Vince Vaughn in, like, two seconds. It's amazing. Love it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. And when she comes home, he's like, no, they attacked me when I was half asleep. And she's like, no, 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 they were in my room. So why'd you go in my room? Yeah. You know? And he... He really acts wounded and hurt by this. He is mad that she plays by the same rules he does because he's a toxic asshole and she should leave. But like mm -hmm. he sees himself as better than her clearly throughout this entire thing. Yeah. And exempt from the situation. Yeah. I think he sees himself as better than everyone. Yeah. Or at least as more important than everyone. Yep. They know that that night's game night and they're supposed to host and he refuses to cancel because she's like, why don't we cancel it? He refuses. Right. And he says, no, I honor my commitments. Ugh. And then as soon as he starts prepping for, for game night, he's like, there's no food in here. What are they supposed to eat? And I'm like, she's not the food fairy, man. Yeah. Go get your own food, you asshole. And she just says, figure it out. I hate it. And I also, I'm like, dude, you're a grown up. Order fucking wing stop. Like, can you not even do that? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, it's he ends up just having bologna and craft singles out. And I'm like, yeah, just cancel game night. Like, cancel who gives a fuck night. what he thinks? Call or, your friends and be like, don't come over. This is a toxic environment. Yeah. <laughs> or order 10 wings from Wingstop and everyone can have plenty. Oh, God. Order oh, pizza. And why are you going to make me so slice, bad? You skinny bitch. Yeah. I eat one slice of pizza. That's the dietary. That's the CDC recommends one slice of pizza. We're never having game night at Todd's. Only game no. night at Mikey's. Yeah, of course. Because at Mikey's house, until I put that red paper down, they just deliver me wings. They keep coming with that charcuterie board. Yep. I have, uh, instead of like a, uh, 
ADS like security system. It's just Uber Eats on the wall. You just keep clicking. <laughs> Bring me wings. One pizza per person. A personal, not pan pizza, just a personal pizza. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Here for it. I read all of my scholastic books and I am here for it. <laughs> so everyone arrives. There's no food. And they are clearly being openly hostile to each other. Yeah. He tries to vote her out of game night. He loses. <laughs> and they he's like not letting her eat snacks and stuff. And they play Pictionary, and he is borderline abusive to her yeah. during this picture game, like Pictionary game. So all their friends get uncomfortable and leave, with the exception of their realtor, who is basically just like, "So clearly, we need to sell this house, <laughs> like this, right? Is- because you're gonna burn it down if we don't." I did like sort of feel very bad for Jennifer Aniston during the Pictionary thing because she's drawing what we find it as a sock, and it looks yeah. sort of shoe. It sock-ish. looks like a stocking, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. he he keeps yelling "shoe" over and over and over, and then like yeah. makes it her fault he didn't guess something that also look sort of like a shoe like if it's if it's not a shoe guess something else you moron yeah why would you keep guessing the same thing if you know that's not the answer that drove me insane that he kept yelling shoe at her everyone else is wrong and he is the only one that's right right like in his world he's a narcissist yeah he's a narcissist this is just the terribleness Yes. What I hate hmm. is that they do not talk about selling the house until the realtor is like, I'm going to sell this house. Yeah. It never came out. Neither one of them was willing to let it go. But then once they start talking to the realtor, he's like, no, I should keep it because I did all this work on it. And she's like, I also did work. And we know that she did because we saw pictures of it before. Yeah. And he's like, you paint it. And it's like, dude. Painting is still work. Painting sucks, man. Like, yeah. my my husband does carpentry and flooring and all kinds of shit. And he hates painting. It's like one of the worst. Anyway, he says that realistically speaking, neither of you can afford the mortgage on your condo. I have fun facts on that later on. Nice. So he says that they should sell. And he says that normally I wouldn't take a commission, but I can't. I have to. I love (laughs) that. And Jason Bateman's (laughs) so good at like that understated sort of humor. And he's just crushing it here with it. He's like, I would forego the commission because we're because we're so close. But like it's an office. It's like an office policy. I can't not. But I would. But I'm not allowed to. I I just love that so much. So they give him a set of keys and he basically says people really want the condos in this building. It'll move quickly. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So we cut to the next day. She goes to work and Justin Long is trying to cheer her up with hand puppets and the owner of the gallery comes in and is just like hey i gave you a day to be sad why are you still sad and she's like i'm sorry here's what's going on i assume that you have encountered men and know how to handle them what do i fucking do and she gives her terrible advice (laughs) yes but i do love that she plays into her vanity here she's like clearly you've been successful with men so let me tell you what's going on in my life so you then take an interest in it and don't fire me and maybe i'll implement your advice which she does implement this terrible advice yes she does she sends her to a spa and uh specifically a waxing spa and says to ask for the telly savalas compliments of m dean which is her yeah uh now telly savalas is jennifer aniston's godfather Ooh. okay oh really Uh, and he is very bald yes kojak oh that's kojak yeah oh okay now i get it came up on righteous gemstones the other day that's the only reason i know (laughs) well now i get that reference okay because she gets like a brazilian she gets a brazilian yeah. Uh, and her her advice is basically like show him the immaculate canvas and another man eager to paint it. Yeah. Which is like art speak for like 
make him jealous with your bald pussy and a boyfriend. Uh, so, Or at least a gentleman caller. Or at least a gentleman caller. Yeah. So she gets a bikini wax. She walks through the house naked. And he's clearly just staring at her. He loses the video game. Then she walks yeah. back to her room. Jennifer Aniston's walking around naked. When Natalie's walking around naked, I, I can't focus on anything else. There you go. But that's just because you're like, oh, no layers. Ugh. <laughs> what is that? Bear skin? Here, take a blanket, a coat, two other coats, and some boots. <laughs> <laughs> I would never try and tell Natalie to put more on. <laughs> gonna say that right because now because she's already wearing four layers got it <laughs> <laughs> no she is not a layerist like i am but mm -hmm. she supports my spiritual beliefs though so i appreciate that <laughs> you're never neutery <laughs> no i'm a layerist we're different <laughs> a layerist different yeah kind of like mennonites and amish right got it. Mm -hmm. a lot like we're similar to never nudes except we're tax exempt right <laughs> it's oh. different oh <laughs> Guys, side note, I want to talk to you about setting up a tax-exempt business for the podcast. No, dude. We just have, to, we just have to say we're layerists, no. and then we can say it's a religion, and then we're good. No taxes. I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I have a moral issue with this. They would know, because I'm not going to wear those layers. Mikey, clearly I could be teaching you. I have some conflicting beliefs about all tax exemptions. So. Oh, yeah, but if, it, if they're going to give us the loophole, let's take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the doorbell rings and her date is there and it is the younger brother from Wedding Crashers with a goatee. That's so funny. I didn't realize that. And so he goes to pick her up and Vince Vaughn is like apple martinis, just two, three. She gets sloppy. You'd have to babysit her, which is really kind of like gross that he's just like, oh, if you want to fuck her, just get her drunk. It's real I hated it a uh, lot. Toxic. It's all yeah, it's abusive. Terrible. Super toxic and it's abusive. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But under a lens of a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he watched her go out to her car. We cut to their date and he's actively trying to order her apple martinis. <laughs> even though She's like, just a water, please. And she answers her phone. It's clearly her friend who she is primed to call during this date, just in case it's going bad. And he keeps repeating the phrase in the biz. Well, and that biz is taxes like he's a cpa he's an accountant yeah. yeah he's clearly an accountant he's like after april in the biz we call it party time <laughs> and from february to april we call that crunch time or whatever <laughs> yeah crunch time i love that she's actually saying oh that's super fascinating <laughs> it's super fascinating. It's oh. sexual and violent. So I don't think that gets said. <laughs> That's what he says about the painting oh, <laughs> in Wedding okay. Crasher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I made a painting of you. It's sexual and violent. Uh, so she gets out of the date. We cut to the next day at work where Vince Vaughn is now talking to his brothers, Vincent D'Onofrio and the serial killer. And Vincent D'Onofrio is like, hey, idiot. That's an asset that we could use as collateral to get the boats and the helicopters. We should be trying to figure something out instead of making impulsive decisions. Right. But he doesn't give a shit because Vince Vaughn is selfish. Yes, he is. And Vincent D'Onofrio gives him some really good advice of like, hey, the money you've paid towards this condo 
is equity in your mortgage instead of just throwing money away on rent. This is a bad financial decision. Let's find a way to work it out. But he's not listening to him right. at all. And he basically just says, and also I need the damn tour logs. I need them for our books, for our taxes. Yeah. And he's like, well, you have the receipts. You can just do it. And he's like, yeah, I can. But I also have a family and free time that I want to utilize and spend on something that's not your job. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn is like, well, I'm the talent. So fuck you. And I was like, fuck him to death. Any number of people could drive a tour bus. Like, <laughs> he's not even driving it, Paige. He's just doing the tour. Yeah, he's doing the tour stuff. But I will admit, one person on this podcast has routinely used that as an excuse. I'm the talent. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> as the talent. <laughs> there are a lot of stand-up comics in Los Angeles that have that job. They like specifically hire comics to do it. Uh, so there's, I'm sure Chicago has fucking plenty of those. So like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Vince Vaughn. You replaceable as fuck. Yeah. Second City's there. They've got an Upright Citizens yeah. Brigade there. Like, they're There's definitely a huge stand-up scene there. With amazing stand-up and improv people in, in Chicago. He could find somebody, like, immediately. Yeah. Who <laughs> would not be difficult. The only reason he's not replaceable is because he's one of the three brothers. Right, right, right. But you could find a schlubby white guy that looks like he might be a brother. Yeah. No one will question Who's it. Who's gonna know? Nobody. Also, do they only have three buses? Like, what are we talking about? I know. So he's back home playing video games versus kids on a headset. And he's just like, your mom won't love you. <laughs> okay. I did sort of love this because. Yes, I've also done this. Yeah, I have fully destroyed children. And I never did this unless they were like really offensive because I've yeah. heard like 15 year olds Call me some of the worst shit you can imagine. Yeah. And uh, I've let loose a little more than I probably should have on those people specifically. Mm -hmm. Vince gives them both barrels and I was here for it. Yep. So meanwhile, another date shows up and it's a guy that she met at the gallery who kind of like seemed to be vibing with her. Uh, and he's hot. Yeah. Like that other guy is choice yeah well the first date was clearly not someone who jennifer aniston would actually be into and i think that's yeah. why vince vaughn was like two apple martinis will get the trick done right because he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wanted to point out to her that he knows what's going on here but she picked right. this guy because he is more attractive than vince vaughn you know yeah. like he would be more of a threat like that specifically is what she's looking for yeah but they end up playing video games together and he and vince vaughn bro out and then she's ready to leave and the guy's like can we just play through the next game and i'm just like kick him out <laughs> like i would have been like yes you can but this date's not happening now goodbye yeah this date is now over Bye. and look at me in this dress or whatever she was wearing and then make your yeah. decision as to what you want to do and there's no man that would be like yeah i'm gonna play uh with vince vaughn that's what i'm gonna do you'd be surprised Ugh. They're the worst. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. What? Here's what I don't get. I refuse to believe that Vince Vaughn is any level of famous in Chicago because as like they're driving away to the restaurant, this guy will not shut up about him because he's right. a known tour guide. That's not a thing. No, I don't think so. Especially because that guy lives in Chicago. You know who yeah. doesn't take Chicago tours? Chicago. Anyone. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice if they had seafood and something architecturally, architecturally significant. But like, I love Chicago. 
I, I did really object to one of the pictures they had in the montage in the beginning where she is picking up and eating a piece of Chicago style pizza like a regular slice of pizza. And I'm like, bitch, what you doing? Use a fork. Oh, you got a fork and Use knife fork. that stuff. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Anyway. That's how you get cheese like slopping all over you. I mean, I volunteer as tribute <laughs> to have the cheese slop all over me. Todd, what do you eat when it comes to deep dish? Like two, four bites? Uh, oh, I don't know, man. I can't eat as many slices as I do of normal pizza because it which is, is well, yeah. so which is one. Which is one. So I'm like, what no, percentage of a slice <laughs> can you eat of Chicago deep dish? I usually like to order a personal one and eat it from like the center outward, <laughs> like a crazy person. <laughs> Every Saturday night, I go to my friend's house. We watch Drag Race and order pizza. We get like extra larges and I have four slices of that extra large. So like that's normal pizza. I can probably have one, one and a half of deep dish pizza. No one who only eats eight out of ten wings eats four slices of pizza. I mean, they're smallish slices. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm also going to assume you don't eat the crust. I hate crusts. No, I don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew it, Paige. I'm going to need to remove myself because this situation is now toxic. And I don't want to try and out-toxic a four-slicer. Uh, oh, so. wow. You're going to call me a four slicer like it's a bad thing? Sounds more like two slicers, by the way. If you don't like crust, why don't you just order thin crust? I actually do love thin crust. Of course he likes thin crust, Paige. He's it's a skinny, less pizza. thin bitch. <laughs> I, I feel like some places do it either great or terrible, yeah. and it's always a crapshoot as to what you're going to get. Yeah. Anyway, back to this movie. <laughs> She's like, I know a great little martini bar, basically like, I'm a fuck. <laughs> Like, yeah. watch me. But then they get in the car and he won't stop talking about Gary. So she gets out. But because she leaves, Vince Vaughn is like, call my serial killer brother. We're playing strip poker and basically turns the apartment into basically an orgy, essentially. Yeah. So they're playing strip poker where not like if you lose all your money, you have to get naked. Like you ante up with clothing. Right. Right. If you want to go all in, you got to go naked. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. By the time she gets back. Women are topless dancing in that front room. Like, that's what's yeah. going on when she gets there. It looks like a strip club. It does. Yeah. Because there's that disco ball, right? Yeah. And she walks in and, like, they lock eyes. And he is looking at her like he's a serial killer. Who are yeah. these full-grown adults who can just call someone to play strip poker? I feel like they were hired for the evening, Mikey. Okay, I, that's yeah, what that, I think. That was the impression I got. Although, I, I will say, I feel like within an hour or two, I could put this together. But I couldn't guarantee that they'd be good looking. I don't think there's anyone I could call. Mikey, you could always call me. <laughs> oh, so we can play strip poker for 18 hours? I mean, Jesus, Todd. How, I mean, like, you have more layers than money. <laughs> They had an eight-layer cap. So, like, I would abide by that rule. No, they had an eight-article cap. Very different. <laughs> Very different than eight layers. I show up with eight T-shirts on, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie the Pooh in it. Yeah. God. <laughs> anyway, so he's, like, drinking out of a bottle. It, uh, it's not great. So she finds out that the condo is going to sell. And my first thought was, oh, she's going to have to clean all this shit up so the condo can sell. But thankfully, that's not what happens. No. But she leaves him the note. They have to be out in two weeks. So we cut to her job where she is like she gets hit on. She tells a guy she has a boyfriend and they're like, what the fuck? And she's like, no, 
I think I know what I have to do. So she goes home, talks to him about the note about two weeks. And then she's like, hey, I got these tickets if you want to go. And I think she bought them that day. I don't think she had them. I think this is a weird last ditch effort for her to try and make shit work. Yeah, we don't see her buy them, but that's a fair reading. I mean, she does get like, that guy doesn't just hit on her. Like he asks her out at her job, yeah. right? And she says no. Yeah, and I think because her reaction was still, no, I have a boyfriend. That's what sort of triggers her. Okay, I still have feelings. I still should work at this. She fully should not. But I do think that that's when she goes to get those tickets and is like trying to like make it work in that moment, which right. don't do that. Just break up with no. it. Yeah. Let's take this slice of the movie, remove it from the rest of the movie. Like, just yeah. look at this without any context. Okay. If you're going to be in the situation where you're breaking up, say they're not toxic, and you're buying tickets but not explaining why and the purpose, also not helpful. So, like, you're going to have to explain to that person, I had this feeling when this happened. I yes. want to make this work. I've got concert tickets. Let's see if we can make this work. None of that's communicated. Right. But in context of the movie, it doesn't matter because he's an abusive, toxic asshole. But yeah. it, all it, all this does is show like unhealthy habits that everyone can have. Can I say that I've actually been in a situation like this? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Like where I had tickets for like, or no, I, I can't remember if I had the tickets or he had the tickets, Um, but it was a friend of mine broke up with her boyfriend and then immediately moved away. She had like a, a change in life. It's not important to the story. But so we suddenly had tickets to No Doubt's reunion tour. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we went together and had a great time. <laughs> like not romantic or anything. We just like hung out at that concert. <laughs> And it felt really good to be like, I know this was supposed to be a thing for her and you to be here, but like, I'm having a good time, man. Do you want another hot dog? Like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's and it was six. kind of great. <laughs> it was like a, you know, a way to kind of close a chapter, I guess. But like, that's not what she does. It is not how it goes for them. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. She should have taken her friend if she actually did have those tickets yeah. ahead of time. Anyway, so she orders beers for both of them, finds their seats. And at this point, I looked at the movie and I was like, how are there 30 minutes left of this movie? Like, I know, nothing Paige. is ha like, what is happening? I know. He never shows up. He stands her up for the tickets. I was so mad because she should not be olive branching anything in this relationship and she right. is she's making the effort and he still doesn't show up for her well and if he didn't want to go he should have just said no or right. texted yes. her or something they both need to talk Ugh. agree right so he comes back to the apartment after she's come home and she's super upset that he stood her up essentially she's literally like weeping in her room yeah. Well, and she's weeping and he's like, I planned on going, but I stopped by Johnny O's, which is John Favreau's bar. And he's like, I didn't know it mattered to you. Like, I don't know why you're so upset. You broke up with me. And I'm like, fuck this movie. Yep. She tried to be nice to you. <laughs> like she shouldn't have. She should have fucking left. But like, fuck. Yeah. And she then reiterates what she said at the beginning of the movie where she's like, I went above and beyond. I cooked. I cleaned. I took care of you. I supported you. I supported your work. I make all the plans. I take care of everything and you don't appreciate or contribute to any of it, which makes me feel like you don't appreciate me and my place in this relationship as a person. Wow. That yeah. kind of sounds like a breakup in your realm. Yeah. And she just says, I just wanted to know that you care. Like, that's it. Like, yeah, something, some investment. And he says, well, why didn't you say that? And I'm like, I'm not a mind reader. And I'm like, she did say that. 
She said it at the fucking beginning of the movie. Yeah. She explicitly said it. Like, how are you going to try and gaslight us as the audience into thinking that you did not already hear this speech multiple times? Like, what the fuck? Not defending him, giving generalized relationship advice. Like I said, do not make important conversations when you're fighting. Be like, I need to talk to you about something important. We need to sit down and discuss this. I need you to hear it of like, I need this. And when you do this, I the, the I feelings, I, I statements are really good. Understandable. I'm just saying within this movie, she calmly has reiterated this to him at least oh. twice. Yeah. He's an idiot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. not an idiot. He's a toxic, abusive jerk. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, so he's like, I didn't realize. And he tries to get close to her and she says, I just want you to leave. And then he does not leave and gets closer to her. And I'm like, she asked you to go. She set up a boundary and he's ignoring that. And then he eventually goes and goes back to the bar. Another pro tip. Afterwards, you say, if someone's apologized, be like, okay, so reiterate. Like, what did you hear me saying? Right. So that you understand that they understood you. Because he might be like, I never heard that. But she's like, I've explained that. So it's good to like get recognition that like, Hey, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What are you What are you sorry for? You, like, if someone, <laughs> yeah, you, you right. know, like that's a, that's a hard question because some people will just apologize and not understand what is going on. They'll apologize to make you stop talking, right? Yeah, not him. He's so toxic. There's no apologies in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, he never apologizes to her, even at the end. It's terrible, yeah. It's terrible. So he goes back to the bar, and finally John Favreau is like, oh, by the way, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but then he goes into this whole thing of like, you're going to do what you want to do, and if it's not what anyone else wants to do, it's their problem. Like, you've never come to a game with me. It's only when your team is playing. But then he goes off on this weird, like, you really liked her and you never let your guard down. And I'm like, that's not what this is at all. This is him being a selfish, abusive jerk. Yeah. It is not about letting guards down. <laughs> like, take responsibility for what fucking happened. It's nuts. I'll say this. You should be vulnerable in your relationships. That's not yeah. necessarily yeah, bad Absolutely. advice. But he needs way more advice than just that. Right. We can't even get to vulnerable if he can't get to, oh, people have needs and wants outside of me. Like, vulnerable's a ways away, I would say. Oh, you mean other people aren't NPCs in video games? Wild. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Crazy. They're not? Oh, Mikey. <laughs> There's a protest in Canada you should be at right now. Oh, jeez. I don't believe in foreign lands. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. And Todd, you shouldn't believe in trucks. So, like, for both of you, it should be a problem. Anyway, so we cut to the next day of the gallery, and Jennifer Aniston quits her job to go travel, which, honestly, I'm like, I love this for you. Yeah. You should. Live your, yeah. live your hero arc. Get your groove back. Yeah. Get your groove back. So... Her boss actually very sweetly is just like, hey, travel. If you get to Italy, go to this place, take as long as you want, and your job will be waiting for you. And if you decide that this is not what you want to do, text. Yeah. Basically, like, when you figure it out, let me know. That's so nice. But until then, your job is waiting. That's so nice. Also, would have took the blank check as well, though. I would not have. I I understood where she was coming from with that, because she's also definitely going to get the money payout from the condo. So, like... Oh, in my mind, she was taking this trip on the equity from the house, or the condo. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. So, we cut to... She's taking a client back to her apartment. We don't know why. It's played like it might be kind of a date, because it is the guy who hit on her before. Yes, it is. But she goes into the apartment, and it's completely clean, and he set the table for dinner and made dinner. Yeah. And is like, can I talk to you in private? And 
I thought for a hot second that this movie was going to have them get back together after he did the bare fucking minimum and I was going to be furious. You mean after he did the dishes once they were going to get back together? Once. Yeah. I'm so glad they didn't though. I do like that he, I actually sort of like him in this scene because he starts to own what he did in the relationship a Some little of bit. It. A little bit. It still bit. is the bare minimum page. It's the bare minimum. I completely agree with you on that. It's the first step. Yes, exactly. Yes. It is a first step into growth. And I love that she's like, I still think I'm done. Like, I love yeah. that that's the way this scene ends. I was so happy about that. I loved that what she says is, I don't think I have anything left to give yeah. you. And I was like, damn straight, girl. Hightail it out. <laughs> like, yeah. bye. Um, and he leaves assuming that she's going to have dinner with that other guy, but it turns out she's just selling some of the art from the apartment. Yes. But there's a really cool shot of like him going into the elevator and the elevator's doors closed, revealing the other guy. Yeah. Because they're mirrored. I really like that shot too. Yeah. Right. So he goes back to the bar and he's basically just like, I did all this stuff. Why does she like me? I'm like, this movie doesn't fucking get it. Yeah, I feel like the movie is playing it like she should have taken him back in that moment. Right. Which is bonkers. She made the right call by saying no to that. She did. Yeah, she did. I mean, but she was honestly super kind about it. That's like, I think one of the reasons I like that scene so much is because he's making a gesture. She acknowledges that. Right. She's like, I understand what you're trying to do here. Thank you. But it's still a no from me, dog. Right. And I I liked that a lot. I feel like their pattern was probably similar where he would do something like this and she would take him back. I agree. Yeah. Right. And so like it's a good moment of growth for her just being like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Well, it's almost like I don't know if either of you watched Fleabag. No, but I heard it's amazing. Okay, I feel like the first season's a hard watch, but you gotta get through it to get to the second season, and the second season is fucking phenomenal, and I love (laughs) it so much. Anyway, the first season, she has a boyfriend that she breaks up with, and they have a cycle of, like, she breaks up with him, he cleans the whole house to move his stuff out, but then he always leaves one specific thing behind so that he has to come back and get it. (laughs) <laughs> but it, like that's their <laughs> the unhealthy, terrible cycle. Yeah. The leave behind. Anyway. Yeah. So we cut to Vince Vaughn goes to his office and finally does the tour of fucking logs. And I'm like, yeah, that's your job. Again, we're rewarding you for doing the bare fucking minimum. Can I say something about the leave behind? Yes. I've had that backfire me once. Yeah. I moved all my stuff out of uh, an apartment. Um, mm-hmm. That I was sharing, cohabitating with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I left one of my computers. Oh, no. Just the computer, not the monitor, just one of the computers. And uh, I called her two weeks later. I was like, hey, I think I left my computer there. And she said, you did. And I was like, cool, can I come by and get it? And she was like, my brother and I used it for target practice. <laughs> and she sent me a photo of my computer with like 85 bullet holes in it. <laughs> Wow, that sounds like you guys really left on good terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds amicable. We didn't talk mm-hmm. much after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I would imagine. Anyway, so he, again, we're supposed to reward him for doing the fucking bare minimum. But then we cut yeah. to their condo empty. They're finally moving out. And she's like, well, there's a bunch of things I would have done differently. Because when I see this, I realize that we could have had a pool table. And I'm like, don't olive branch this. I know. Like, fuck him. I do also like that he says, because she's like, had we not had the oversized couch and this, we could have done it. Right. And he says, I found the oversized couch like super usable during this past right, two weeks. Right, during the last few so weeks. I sort yeah. of like that he makes j- a joke of it. Like, it is very clear to me that he is sort of starting down the path of growth here. 
but maybe she doesn't need to be present for that growth and should not, not be you know yeah. yeah yeah we do we cut to him giving one of his tours where uh we find out that chicago is called the second city because after the fire it came back bigger and stronger yeah which i think this movie thinks is a metaphor for him and the relationship and it i'm does. like it shouldn't be that way yeah <laughs> but whatever because in the movie's mind they burn down their relationship and then it thinks when she gets back from her trip and they run in together in that last scene that they're going to come back bigger and stronger. Oh, hate it. I have an alternate hate viewpoint. Hate it. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to winter and we, we did see he was giving that speech on a boat. So they do get the boat. We cut to winter. Yes. She runs into him on the sidewalk and they're just like, oh, you lo- you're looking good. You're looking good. And she's like, well, maybe I'll come for a ride on the boat. And he's like, anytime. Uh, we shouldn't wait to see, see each other so long next time. Oh, OK. Winky blinky. And, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. There is a weird vibe at that last scene. I can't wait for this fun fact. So in my mind, the weird vibe is because he fully wants her to come take that boat ride for them to get back together. And she walks down the street and calls her friend and be like, guess who I just saw? The bullet I dodged that I'm never going to see again. (laughs) I think the movie wants you to think that she's going to take that boat ride and then it's going to start on a new thing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that reading. I just was like, oh, this is like, this is like as awkward as running into an ex. It is as awkward as running into an ex, but I... I think the movie really wants you to think they're going to get back together. Right. I did not choose to believe that. Anyway, so having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about The Breakup? Hate it. I don't think I have much to add. Yeah. I did not like this movie either. I was very grateful when it ended. Great pick, Todd. I mean, I told you my algorithm for picking movies. If I don't have a strong like, oh, we should do this. I've told you how I find movies. So I respect your process. Yeah, I really thank do. You. But anyway, I fully did not like this movie, though. I understand why it got very low critic ratings. Well, and and audience and audience ratings. ratings. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is not kind on this one. Nor should it be. Yeah. The Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, we don't all, we, we never do this. But the the critic score for this is a 34 and <gasps> the audience score is 46. So for both of them, they're under 50, which is a bad sign. Yikes. That's high. Well, I mean, <laughs> not everyone's a critic, right? But uh, anyway, but Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I have a few. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Toxic Break up. fun, fun facts. facts. <laughs> I like toxic fun facts. That's better. So their condo today, I, which I have numbers for today, but today their condo would cost somewhere between three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand dollars as far as purchasing it. That's amazing to me that it's that cheap in Chicago. Like yeah. Todd, Chicago is cheaper to live in than Nashville right now. That's yeah, so absolutely. crazy because like I grew up here and it was not that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, now that means that they would be splitting a mortgage of between two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars depending on their rates and depending on how much they put down. Yeah. So that means that they're both paying, let's call it twelve hundred. Yeah. Each for that mortgage. Now, depending on their jobs, because he owns his own company, it's not unfeasible that he could potentially pay 2000 on his own, depending on what he makes at work yeah. in the company. For her to work in a gallery, she's working largely on commission, but that's like, you know, commissions on 35000 
yeah. dollar sales and things like that. And she seems to be very successful at her job. Yeah. She could almost definitely afford the mortgage of 2000 which means that there was no reason for them to sell and split. One of them could have just bought the other one out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that seems like something they would easily do. I mean, I know that there was no way they were going to agree on that. I'm just saying that like that becomes the reason for the realtor to be like, you guys can't afford the mortgage on your own. And I'm like, what? Like they fully can, though, probably. Um, he wanted that commission, Paige. I guess. That's what it was. Yeah. But Paige, I don't know what, what art dealers make in commission. But if she's like, say that $35,000, if she's getting 5% commission on that. It's that's- usually 10 at least oh is it so yeah. if it's if it's 10 percent, then she's getting thirty five hundred dollars every time she sells if she sells more than like barely more than one a week let's say five a month that's seventeen thousand dollars a month yeah well and that's, that's i have a friend crazy. who worked for like an art replica furniture place and they were making commission they had an even higher commission so like depending on now granted you have to be good at your job and it's yeah. kind of feast or famine but like i think she could have potentially afforded the mortgage on her own. I think he could have too. Yeah. So I think that just becomes a weird story point. Yeah. I think their friend was just like, sell this place. We're Let's not do this. Let's just yeah. get out of here. I mean, to be honest, it is the smarter thing to do. But it is. So Vince Vaughn's parents actually both have bit roles in the movie. His mom plays a tourist on the boat <laughs> uh, and his father plays Jennifer Aniston's father. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, he also gained 26 pounds for the role. Uh, he was not asked to, uh, but he quit smoking. And when you quit smoking, that's what happens to you. So okay. they kind of wrote it into the movie before Jennifer Aniston takes the nude walk in the apartment she looks at herself in the mirror and says, who loves you, baby? Which was Telly Savalas's catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> who, again, is Jennifer Aniston's godfather. It's a real weird inclusion in this movie. It's really weird that her godfather is the word for Brazilian in this movie. Yeah, and it's because he's bald and, like, known to be bald, but it's very, that's a lot. That's wild, yeah. So in the opening scene at Wrigley Field, John Favreau makes a reference to going to Wiener's Circle, uh, to have hot dogs after the game. So Wiener Circle is a hot dog stand famous for the staff insulting customers when they order. And if the customer does not return an insult, they don't take your order. Uh. <laughs> so I have really wanted to go. But allegedly, this only happens late at night on the weekends. As someone but. who is amazing at roasting people, Paige, you would do very well at that place. I would have fun, I think. Yeah, I think you oh, would. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, when that one scene where she goes over to her friend's house and they're giving the kids a bath. She pulls a bar of soap out of one of the kids' mouths and says, we'll leave this for when you're 12. And that's a nod to the fact that that kid's father in the movie, her husband, is Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie in A Christmas yeah. Story and gets a mouthful really? of soap. Yeah. It's a real wow. roundabout reference. Mikey, fun fact. Mm-hmm. They just greenlit a sequel where he's like a grown-up version of Ralphie. I just have no emotional attachment to a Christmas story. I don't either, Paige. Well, he's a good producer and director. and That's yeah. true. He's made a lot of good shit. Yeah. And I think he's in charge of it. So I think it'll be okay. like a, a good passion project. Okay. I'm just all down for more Christmas movies. That makes oh, sense, sure. Mikey. Yeah. So... In the original screenplay, Jennifer Aniston said that when she received it, quote, it was clearly written by men. So they spent two weeks rehearsing and her and Vince Vaughn improving while writers took notes and then rewrote 
the script that she then thought, quote, included the female perspective. And that's what we got. So I don't know how this movie could be worse, but apparently there was a worse version. (laughs) Yeah, if this is the better version, that's wild. Bonkers. Yeah. Toward the end, when he's on the boat, he actually uses a line that he's used in multiple movies talking about getting hopped up and making bad decisions. He also says this multiple times in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. We did talk about uh, Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn were dating throughout filming. And then the original ending featured them running into each other at an art fair, each dating someone that looked exactly like the other person, but it is a new partner. Like his date looks like her, her date looks like him, but they scrapped it when it tested poorly. So they filmed a new ending with the same result, but just them running into the street alone so that it would be ambiguous. But in the script, the directions indicate that they both remain broken up and don't end up together. Good. good. Fucking good. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget was for The Breakup in 2006? More than it's worth. I'm going to say 40. 50. Mm, 50 might be closer. I'm still. I'm going to stick with 40, though. Okay. Paige, you're at 40. Mikey, you're at 50. It was right. $52 million. Jeez. Which, if you adjust that for inflation, because this was fully like 15 years ago, that yeah. is almost $72 million. Ugh. Again, that's today dollars. But I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Which is appropriate. <laughs> this movie came out on June 2nd. 2006, as we've mentioned, it was number one the weekend it came out. Number two was X-Men The Last Stand. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Last Stand's the shitty one. Sorry. Yes, I was is. thinking of First Class and Days of Future Past. No, Last Stand was X-Men 3. Yeah. Yeah, that's the terrible one. Because X2 is. had been so fucking good. Mm-hmm. X2 is amazing. Yeah. Anyway. So n- number three was Over the Hedge. Number four was The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> and number five was Mission Impossible. Uh, and I already mentioned the breakup was number one, but what do you think it made in its opening weekend? Twenty million. Yes, it it definitely probably made about twenty million because they advertised it like it was a romantic comedy. Like I got suckered in. So many people <laughs> did, and then word got out immediately that it was terrible. But I'm yeah. gonna say twenty mil. I think Mikey's right. All right, it made. $39.1 million that opening weekend, which if you adjust that for inflation, that's around $54 million. But again, in Ugh. 2006 dollars, it was $39.1 million. Jeez. Guys, it's second weekend out. It was number two that weekend. It's second weekend, but it made $20.3 million. I know I was definitely seeing X-Men Last Stand this weekend uh, because this was my senior year of high school. Yeah. yeah, June of 2006. I would have just graduated. Wild. Okay. So what do you think it went on to make Domestically at the box office. I hope not more than 85. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say 74. All right. Well, you guys are both way off. It made $118.7 million. I hate everything. <laughs> this is such a terrible movie. <laughs> now, internationally, it made another $87 million. No. Todd, stop. No. These are just facts. I know. You can't get mad at me. That puts the total box office at $205.7 million. If you adjust for inflation, that's $284 million in today's dollars. But still, in 2006 dollars, over $200 million, and then went on to make another 53.4 in the okay. whole market. Stop. Let's wrap it up. Let's oh. wrap this up. I sort of love how much you guys hate how successful this movie this was. 
painful. And I told you guys going in, my criteria was a box office uh, is hit. highest that box office, terribly reviewed. Score. Yeah. So anyway, you should have seen this coming. That puts the total amount drawn in for this movie at like $258 million in 2006. And if you adjust that for inflation, that's like $360 million today. Okay. All right. Yeah. My heart hurts. (laughs) I'm so sorry that the success of this movie is giving you heart palpitations, but that is your box office. I guess there's no need together. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, I guess there's no need for that because we don't. And the director and writer said that they weren't. I hope not. Yeah. I do think that Jennifer Aniston is dating someone who looks a little like Vince Vaughn, but attractive. And Vince Vaughn is trying to date someone who is as hot as Jennifer Aniston is, but is not successful. He's not his characters. Oh, you mean? Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a real life. I don't remember what his character's name was. Gary. I have a personal fun fact. Mm. Oh my God. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, you're the reason we had to record so late. You're the reason it's 11-11 well, right no, now. Well, no, but also my thing malfunctioned. That is true. It was a melody of errors. <laughs> uh, my personal fun fact is John Favreau's character's name in this movie is Johnny O, and that was the yeah. nickname for my high school here in Nashville. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So this week I made you guys watch The Breakup. Mikey, what are you making us watch next week? I think we're in February now. We are? Yeah. I've never been a big Valentine's Day guy. Mm. But it is Black History Month. <laughs> yes. And I and we're doing African-American women. Yeah, Black Women in Horror on Horror Virgin. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to do some, you know, African-American movies for February, or at least Love one. Love it. Un- unlike Todd, I'm going to pick a movie I've seen and enjoy, and I think would probably make cr- Todd cry. I want to pick Love and Basketball. I almost picked Love and Basketball. Oh I picked God. something else, but that was my, like, I was debating between Love and Basketball and what I'm going to pick next week. I am very excited that we are doing Love and Basketball. I will cry, 100%. I've actually never seen it, but I'm looking forward to it. Like, I've heard a lot of people say that they love this movie. It's a good movie. And it's available for free right now on HBO Max, so I appreciate that. There you go. So your homework for next week is to watch Love and Basketball while being wine drunk. Yeah. Watch it with your lover. Or a basketball. Or wine. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? (laughs) I do. Nice. Whose review are you going to read this week? Bad Speller Me. Well, what does Bad Speller Me have to say? They say, title, a podcast so good they should do scary movies too, which I think is funny. (laughs) Well, uh, I got good news for you, Bad Speller Me. This podcast has everything. Romance, laughter, problematic plots. Yes. Long walks along a continental U.S. (laughs) Magic mailboxes. I have not read all these. Vitamin water. (laughs) I know who left this review, by the way, too. Trucks with motives. (laughs) Rude. Rude, Bad Speller Me. Dick neck. Oh, No cuts. No cuts. Kool-Aid man dumps. <laughs> that sounds like the Kool-Aid man is taking a shit. The Kool-Aid man just wants to dump it all in you. Ladies. <laughs> Musicals. Shoulders. Yeah. Consent. Very important. Ghosting. Yep. Gack. Gotta get gack. Spit list. Yep. <laughs> I forgot about the spit list. I know. We haven't added anybody to it in a while. Joe Manganello, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Ear cancer. Rude. Finance. <laughs> Finances. Inflation. Poo. See. Yeah. He said pussy. Mikey, you just said pussy. God dang it. (laughs) Dang it, I was tricked. That's so funny. Yeah. Winky. (laughs) I'm starting to cough. Winkies. Yep. Blinkies. Always followed. A career in monster trucking, truck naming. (laughs) James Bond's plot to kill the Batman in (laughs) 9-11. Thanks, mom. Yeah. 
Tears, improv song parodies. Yes. A cornucopia of theme songs. Thank you, Aaron. Fun facts. Time murder. (laughs) Time grooming. (laughs) Bread ornaments, mannequins, Christmas Mikey, Toddy Body, and Paige. I don't have nearly enough podcasts, Wesley. (laughs) Boom. Five stars. Oh so my that God. was actually written. That was written by Grayson, who did, who's done some graphic stuff for Horror Virgin. Did our 200 episode graphic. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah. He also designed our go. coffin rock shirt. Coffin rock. Yeah. yeah. He actually reached out to me too, and he was like, "Make sure Mikey reads this one." <laughs> I'll get you, Grayson. <laughs> he asked me, "Does Mikey proofread the reviews?" And Does I was talent like, proofread? <laughs> see, now you all get to see the real Mikey. <laughs> He never proofreads anything. <laughs> <laughs> Grayson, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to trick Mikey into saying any amount of weird thing, leave us a five-star review. He'll never proofread it. <laughs> and remember, fuck you, San Diego. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> From Anchorman, Paige. Yeah, but wait, why? Because he, oh, reads because the he doesn't proofread it. <laughs> Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> I, I forgot her. about the teleprompter. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, my God. Right. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I want you to want to do the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Toxic nerds.